Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success, where each week I get to bring you a dynamic guest and topic. I'm also the, the global coordinator for NAFI, the National Association of Female Executives. Uh, you can check us out at www.nafi.com. Today my guest is David Lee Walton. David is a man of many talents. He has a magnificent singing voice as well as a variety of talents. He originally worked for the Orange County Probation Department and also worked with children and adults who had severe emotional problems. And before that, he did teams to work in California. But all during this time, he had a love of acting and singing and pursued that career along with the work and raising of family that he was doing. He is a member of SAG and AFTRA, and over the years, he has done much in the film, television, theater, voiceover, and commercial areas. He is so talented, he has also done writing, casting, producing, and production. He has appeared in 14-plus movies, and we'll be talking about that during the interview, and he'll tell us some of the movies. He's also been a stand-in for some famous actors, and he will talk about that as well. Um, David has interviewed some great icons, so we're going to talk about that on our our interview as well. Um, He also has interviewed hundreds of celebrities and wrote articles that were published across the uh, country. So I want to know more about that as we talk. David's passion is seeing people lead successful lives. One of his main 2016 goals is that now that he is retired and his family has grown, he wants to again pursue his acting career as now he has more time to devote to it. In the past, he was raising a family and working, so it was not always easy to get to Los Angeles where the acting jobs were on a full-time basis. So we're going to hear what he wants to do about that. He has a beautiful wife, Jeannie, and they're very community-minded and constantly give back to their community. He and his wife, Jeannie, won the Volunteer of the Year Award from the Susan G. Coleman Foundation. His main goal in life is to be truthful and sincere and to see American citizens unite again. Welcome, David. I'm so happy to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm better talking to you, Robbie. As a matter of fact, um, what an intro. I'd I'd love it for you to be my agent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd have to do that before between 2 in the morning and 4. When did you get the, the bug to go into acting? When I was in high school... Uh, I was in the drama department, and and we did plays, and and but really, I guess, uh, and I may have this wrong. I don't think I do, but I I agree with Kevin Costner. I, a story he told when he was a little boy, he went to the uh, Chinese Grauman's Chinese Theater and saw how the West was won in the new technology on the big screen at that time, and he looked at the. Uh, the film and and it inspired him and he says that's what I want to do with my life and as a as a kid growing up in the 50s and 60s uh, I'm probably Kevin Costner's age or about the same age and I related to that and uh, the movies uh, acting the portrayal of life stories the drama the humor the tragedy everything that encompasses the human experience. Uh, played out in the art form of film uh, inspired me. 
and uh, uh, and I and I pursued it. You know, I I uh, I got married right out of high school when uh, as a young man and and took a job and as a teamster, as you had alluded to in your intro, and had to make a living and uh, put a roof over our heads and and acting was uh, kind of a side sidebar, but uh, uh, what I've learned is uh, people that make acting uh, their livelihood and their profession, that is their passion, that is their goal, and they put 100% into it all the time. They have to. I know you have played in numerous films. Which was your favorite and why, and what And what are some of the films you played in? Well, you know, I you say numerous films. I... When I got into acting, uh, I, I had a personal manager, and she sent me out on some auditions, and I auditioned for, for some people. But the first acting job I ever got was right after um, Urban Cowboy. And uh, Deborah Winger and John Travolta were the stars in that movie. And I believe the guy, the director's name was Jim Bridges. Well... And uh, while I was pursuing acting, I wasn't in the Screen Actors Guild at that time. I was doing extra work and stand-in work and so forth. So this this extra cast service I was listed with sent me to work on a film called Mike's Murder. And it was a film that this director had made with Deborah Winker right after Urban Calvin. So when I was standing in for some of the male actors on that show, a stand-in, are you familiar with what a stand-in does, Robbie? Not really, So, and I'm sure a lot of well, our listeners don't know what they do, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, well basically, uh, you know, uh, when people, when you go out to make a film in the studio or on location, the actors, the principals, the, the supporting cast, they're studying their lines, <clears throat> and the crew is putting together their blocking and their lighting, the grips, the technicians, the electricians, the cinematographer, the all the uh all the uh uh the worker bees of the film that actually do the filming are setting this the this scene together. So initially uh the uh sometimes the director will come out but but usually it's the director of photography, the gaffer, and all the all the worker bees block a scene, and they'll they'll go through it with with the uh, with the principal actors and actresses. But uh, it takes so long, at least it did when I started out, you know, to uh, to get everything just just right. That they'll they'll uh, they can't take a, a it may take an hour or two hours, whatever, to put a scene together, depending on the action that's involved, depending on how many times they have to break the cameras down and do different points of view with the cameras. Very, very technical filming industry. And uh, so they'll get someone of the approximate height and uh, size that looks similar to the, to the person that they're going to film and you you talked about people I stood in for. I'll give you an example. Robert Redford, you know, when I was a, a youngster, uh, <clears throat> they filmed The Natural, and I, I think most of it was filmed back east. I believe it was uh, somewhere in the mid-'80s. 
and they and in post production uh the director felt that he needed to add some scenes with Robert Redford and Kim Basinger. So they subcontracted to uh another uh it was actually a, a commercial production company in Los Angeles and uh they called me up from this the service that I was in and said, because Robert Redford at that time, a personal friend of his was his personal stand-in. And that guy was also an actor and he was working on another show. So he was unavailable. So they called Redford and Basinger and all these people back and they, they retrofitted a portion of uh, Venice, California, down by the beach in Santa Monica. Matter of fact, right under the pier. Uh, to look like uh, the era where the film was, was uh, I don't know, the 30s or whenever it was shot. So I stood for Redford for a few days on that because I was the same size and, and at that time my hair wasn't white. It was more like uh, Redford's was at that time and, and in his case still is. But uh, So that's, that's what you do. You go through all the blocking and, and sometimes you... Uh, uh, you you uh, you take the dialogue. You you uh, you act out the scene with fellow fellow stand-ins and actors because typically stand-ins and, and extras are all aspiring actors. So that's right. Then they get everything nailed down, and and then uh, that's called the second team. And the first team comes out, and that's that's the stars. What was your of, of all the films you did? What, what's your favorite, and why was it your favorite? Well, you know, actually, ironically, my my favorite scene, and uh, I guess it's pretty typical, uh, but it was uh, Mike's murder, and the reason I got the part in Mike's murder, and that's the Deborah Winger film, was because. Um, The director, on, and I wasn't in SAG at the time, the director uh, was looking at how things were transpiring that day, and they had an actor from the series Hill Street Blues that was there, and they had uh, Paul Winfield, and they had all done their thing, and the scene came up uh, that was in the, you know, written, and they, were, they did it, and there was something lacking, and they were, they were on location, and and time is money. Then it was like a couple hundred dollars a minute. Today it's probably two thousand or more a minute, depending. But uh, anyway, instead of calling an actor from uh, SAG to get down to the set and waste a bunch of their time, uh, there was there's a thing called Taft Hartley, and that's where um, a director producer can take a person that's not in the union and say, hey, bub, get in here, uh, I want to add a scene to this movie, and uh, here's these lines, and go out and do this. And uh, and then then the production company, and you get into SAG, they pay your way into SAG, they have to pay a penalty, but they get you in there in the long run and save some money. So because I was a stand-in, because when you're a stand-in, you're there every day, you're there as long as the crew is there, 16-hour days, five, six days a week, whatever, so everybody knows you. You're part of the crew. So the director knew my name, and he says, David, I want you to go in here with this guy. I can't remember the other actor's name. And he says, I, I want you to go in and discover the body. 
it was a very gruesome scene where these guys had oh, wow. murdered this, uh, murdered this guy on a on a coke dealing deal, and uh, and and but he didn't give us any lines. You know, he said, "Just go out there and and you're going to play his neighbors in this apartment complex." And you're going to discover the body and say, call the police and all this stuff, you know. So we did it, and we did it two or three times, and it was intense, you know, and it was uh, uh, exciting and fun. And that was my favorite scene. And, and again, I'll use Kevin Costner's name, but uh, just like in uh, The Big Chill, he was cut out of that movie. Mike's murder does not have a murder scene. They cut that mm. scene out. That was my favorite part in the movie, but I've had bit parts. I guess I guess you could look at uh, John Cusick movie. Uh, there's 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 little parts. I had bit parts in movies, Robbie. I was never a, a, a main liner or a headliner and, or, or carried a film. Well, and, those days uh, are coming for you. See, I sure hope so. Well, they are. In any capacity, you know the the. Uh, the part of acting, uh, there's a cliche that said there's no s- small parts. Um, whatever you can contribute, if it's believable, if it's entertaining, if it, it gives a person time to uh, believe what you did, it's a success, and that's very right, rewarding. You're, you're part of the team that makes the, the movie a success. Um, also, you did some soap opera work. Since that is an everyday, was that hard to do? And which soap opera did you like the best and why? Well, I don't know how many soap operas are still running in Los Angeles. I think five maybe. They're they're in New York and Los Angeles. I, I worked on all the soaps. I think maybe six in L.A. I worked on all of them. And uh, sometimes as an extra, sometimes on what they call a five and under and that's where an actor will come in and they'll have five or less lines, you know, so they're a supporting person that's not a regular member of the cast, but they have a, a small part in the show. And uh, I probably probably worked in that capacity 50 or 60 times. When uh, General Hospital probably was my favorite. And get this, this is a, you know, I can... Oh, I don't know. You know, if I had done this, maybe I would have never met my beautiful wife, and my life would have been different. But uh, when when uh, when I was working toward the end of my acting career, I was transitioning into another career. I'd made money, didn't have to wait tables. I was working in uh, when you say uh, when I say production, I production assistant. I never produced anything, but uh, I was uh, you know hustling a buck and making a living and that was great but uh there is a lady and i'm sure she's passed on because she was elderly back then her name's barbara remsen and she was head of uh abc daytime casting at that time and her husband was a character actor named burt remsen and if people wanted to see him they would a lot of people would probably know him if they googled his name he was a character actor with a familiar face did a lot of work anyway um, I worked a lot on General Hospital, uh, probably more Days of Our Lives in General Hospital, as and they're different medium, completely different medium, because they, they don't break down cameras 
different shots, like my point of view talking to you, your point of view talking to me, a fadeaway. The technical part of it, there's three cameras, and three cameras are going all the time, and it's live. Boom, you're there and you're doing it, and, uh, you know, the the editing is not the same as it is, if there is any, in a... Uh, a feature film or television, you know, you're, you're on, it's like a, almost like a stage production. But anyway, I like the people at General Hospital. I was treated very well there. And Barbara Remsen, when I, I went, when I was doing interviews, I contacted Barbara Remsen and, uh, she didn't know me, you know, from, from General Hospital, but, uh, I, my, it was actually my brother-in-law who was a businessman and an advertiser. We we had a company called Celebrity Cassette Center, and we went in and uh, we got an appointment with her, and, and we wanted to interview some of the people on uh, General Hospital. And she set it up, and everything was great, and she handed me a script. And she looked at me, and I was young, and I was in shape, and... and I kind of, well, I sort of looked like a, a soap opera guy back when I was 20, 27 years old. But anyway, uh, she says, David, you know, uh, you know, there's something about you. Uh, I want you to take this script home if you're interested and read it and, and, and come back and read for me, you know. And at that point in time, everything's timing, Robbie. At that point in time, I've had a couple experiences like this too, but at that point in time, I had spent, I don't know, seven or eight years in the business and my friends had houses and careers that were established and putting money under the retirement and building pensions and all that kind of stuff, you know, and and I had, uh, with my brother-in-law, I had this uh, vision of doing the same thing for myself and and I had said, well, you know, I spent six, seven years doing this. Ah, you know, I'm going to stick with what I'm doing with Bill. But can you imagine people would pe- people trying to get into an actor, an act, well, they call actresses today, actors too, but uh, thespians trying to get into a soap opera, a television show, anything, getting in front of a casting director is difficult. You have to have, first of all, self-submitting is almost, impossible. You can get into independent films that way sometimes on let it cast, but you need an agent, someone that believes in you that's going to promote you to give you some credibility for casting directors, but uh, to have the head of ABC, daytime television, tell me I want you to come read. Oh my God, what can I say? Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was very cool. Yeah. You've also done commercials. What is doing a commercial like, and how did you get into the commercials? Same same thing. You know, you're uh, at the time, the Dos Equis, I did two Dos Equis commercials. I did an American Express commercial. Uh, acting uh, comes in, when you get opportunities, they come in many different ways and forms unless you're with the William Morris agency and you have a whole group of people, you're a brand and you have people watching your career and nurturing your career and making decisions of what you're going to do. But aspiring actors, you know, take what they can get. And, uh, 
um, the, the Dos Equis commercials came because I was in a, an acting school called the South Coast Repertory Theater. And uh advertising company hooked up with uh, Doseke's beer and uh they were they were looking for they they were gonna shoot two commercials in the Newport Beach area, one in the nightclub and one on the beach. And uh so they went to our acting school and people auditioned for different parts and I got the the lead with a with a girl in the one commercial, which was a beautiful girl dancing around me in a nightclub under one of those uh, multicolored lights, disco lights in the day, and holding a beer and which is typical one one glass with uh, with a mug and or one hand with a mug and one hand with a beer. So I was two fisted, and uh, um. And the second one was uh, playing football at the beach and, and young people having a good time uh, having a beer. And uh, the other one is just, uh, the other the other commercials just came through, uh, you know, services that I was in and, and would go in and do the cattle call with a bunch of other people and, and go in and, and uh, do your best. And if you're right for it, fine. If you're not, well, that's the way it goes. Um, you met the Duke. Tell me about that experience, and how did you meet him? John Wayne, um, next to my dad, there's a lot of people I know personally, but as an actor and a person, was my hero. I grew up on John Wayne, as so many Americans did. And a great friend of mine who's, who's gone now, He's about 30 years my senior. When I was a uh, young guy and got into acting, this man, Bill Kelly, who authored, uh, I don't know, six or seven books, and uh, he was a freelance writer, and he wrote for so many different publications, magazines, newspapers. You know, I, you know he once told me that, that uh, not as a syndicated writer, but as a freelance writer, he had over 15,000 articles published. Anyway, he was a Western historian, spent 25 years of his life traveling and um, uh, working odd jobs and as a single guy before he got married, interviewing all these guys to write his books, and Western people primarily. So anyway, he, he, he got in with uh, different uh, publicists, William Morris and other agencies and and he started corresponding with John Wayne for a couple of years and uh, there's several letters that they wrote back to each other but anyway long story short when I was this was uh, I remember the day exactly because it was 10 years to the day before I married Janie my my wife uh, uh, 8-8-1978 uh, finally Bill wore John Wayne down and said, listen, you know, I always heard you're a man of your word. You promised me an interview. What am I going to get it? So he called him up and said, come on over. So Bill and I went down to Newport and uh, got to meet my idol. And it was it was interesting because the Duke had been some months before in the Mayo Clinic and, and doing poorly and had come back. And when we saw him, he looked robust. 
you know, he, he again is uh, some of his weight back. He looked great, you know, and we were sitting in his uh, this room where all his, his Academy Award was and these Kachina dolls and all this stuff, you know, in this, this room and uh, collectibles and a lot of Indian stuff and Western memorabilia, as one can imagine. And uh, he stuck his head out, and he said, I'll be with you in a minute, guys. And he was being fitted for a Great Western Savings commercial. So he comes out, and uh, he tells us a, a dirty joke to make us realize he's just one of the guys, and let's just, you know, be relaxed and be human beings. And he spent about, I'm not kidding you, Rob, he spent about four hours with us because uh, Bill with his knowledge of the West and, and mine to a certain extent. Uh, he related, he had a good time. He reminisced about Victor McLaughlin and Ward Bond and told us all these stories about all these directors. And anyway, uh, as we start, and, and, you know, the poor guy, God bless his heart, you know, he went with some terrible coughing spasms and stuff, and I kept thinking to Bill, we should let him rest, you know, because he wasn't well, looked good, but he, here's the story I want to tell you, I'm getting ahead of myself, so we're sitting there, and he gets a call, he got two calls, one from Ben Johnson, the, the, uh, character actor, great actor, rodeo guy, uh, and it was something to do about getting horses, because he still wanted to do a movie called Bo John, he never got to make, it was a, a patriarch of this family, as he passed away before that movie ever got done. But anyway, and then the other call he got was the captain of this boat that, that goes through uh, Balboa Island, and they have some VIPs on this boat. And he and they, he said, uh, hey, and John Wayne was great friends with this guy. And he says, hey, Duke, would you, uh, I've got these big wigs here on this, you know, I'm taking them to the harbor. Can you come out and, you know, if you're home, we come out and wave to us for just two seconds. It'd mean the world to him. He goes, oh, sure, I'd be glad to. So he hangs up, and he looks at Bill Kelly, who looks about as much like John Wayne as I do, and uh, he says, hey, Bill, you see that cowboy hat up there? He says, yeah. He goes, you're as fat as me. Put that hat on and go out and wave at these people. And Bill, <laughs> Bill goes out there and waves at these people, and they probably – Maybe they took pictures or whatever, and they must have thought, well, make them must do a lot for people in Hollywood. But uh, just a delight, you know, and and uh, and John Wayne died the, in 79, probably less than a year after that interview. And, uh, and I think, uh, for me personally, I think a lot of the uh, heritage and standards and Maybe I'm naive, I don't know, but just, uh, you know, just a person that was uh, patriotic and loved people and and wanted to see people succeed. He told me, Bill tried to wheel me aboard with, with the Duke and say, any advice for a young actor? And he looked at me and he says, well, David, he says, I've worked with uh, actors that I looked at and uh, I thought, man, they're going to have great careers because they were so talented. And he says, and for some reason, they they never hit the big time. And he says, and I've worked with other people, and uh, and I wasn't that impressed. And he said, uh, and and they made an A for themselves and had very very wonderful careers. 
And he says, all I can tell you is that if, if you're going to make this your career, do everything. Just keep working, keep working, keep working. We're down to uh, like about a minute left, a little over uh, less than two minutes. So tell me about what you're, you want to get back into acting. Tell me um, what areas and uh, anything you want to say about that. Well, I love the, I love the medium, you know, acting uh, for me personally, because uh, I'm familiar with soaps, I, I, I would like to do a soap, but I don't care. I would just like to, any part uh, with, I won't say any part, but, but just to act because it's a reflection of life. It is an art form, just like a sculpture, uh, uh, just like a painting. It's it's something that, that uh, makes a person think. If it's done well, if it's done professionally and uh, and people appreciate it, it gives a person a pause in their life to look at other people and uh, David, be entertained. I, I, don't want to inter- I don't want to interrupt you, but we need to let people know how can they reach you. Can you give a phone number and email? Because we're down to the wire. Me, I, I talk so fast and so much. Well... Uh, my IMDb is Internet Movie Database is imdb.com, David Lee Walton, or they can go on Creekside, which is a running creek, FAM, as in family, F-A-M, at msn.com. And spell your last name for them. W-A-L-T-O-N, just like Sam Walton, no relation, unfortunately. Okay. Well, boy, this 10 seconds. This whole interview went great, and I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. We've been talking with David Lee Walton, who has done a lot of work in uh, film and television, and he's interested in getting back in that medium. So if you know anybody, um, he is a great person, and he would do a fabulous job. Thank you so much, David. I will talk to you later. Thank you. You're a sweetheart. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye.